we've handed our power away in so many ways for so many lifetimes. And yeah, through our menstruation and all the conditionings of society of how we should look, act, eat, drink, whatever, (laughs) feel, menstruate, birth, you know, there's so many expectations that are placed on us. But once we allow those to fall away and connect deeper with ourselves, no one can fuck with us. You're listening to the Well Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's menstrual cycle educator, natural fertility coach, and daytime mermaid. This is a place where we discuss all things periods, poo, ovulation, fertility, and sex. Join me weekly as we rediscover our menstrual cycles, unlock its superpowers, and guide you back into your cyclical nature. You're tuning in to episode 246 of the Well Woman podcast, and this is part of our pregnancy series. This episode, we have an amazing friend of mine, Halia Fairley. Halia and I have known each other for a few years now, and we both vibe on all the same things. And when we recorded this, Halia was actually still pregnant. I snuck into her schedule in the third trimester before she welcomed her beautiful bub Earthside, which she has now done. And this was a really special, special recording because we were both pregnant at the same time, talking all things pregnancy. This episode is called The Soul Journey of Pregnancy and Preparing for the Birth Altar. And we really talk exactly about that. We talk everything from preconception care right through to pregnancy and birth and arriving at birth, plus a little bit about postpartum. So this episode is important to listen to if you are someone who feels like you're a bit of an alternate thinker when it comes to pregnancy in the birth world. Halia is very well in tune with womb wisdom and Ayurveda, the shamanic work of womancraft and midwifery. And outside of being a mother, she is her own innate healer of wisdom and ancient knowledge. And she loves empowering women to be their own healers too, showing them the way that they can connect back to their radiant, flowing, feminine essences and to be their own body's best anyone literally. So she does this with moon processes. She's a huge lover of menstruation, fertility, pregnancy, and birth like myself. And so I was so excited to have Halia on the show to join us for this episode. It's a long one and we really have so many juicy rants and tangents. So I trust you're going to enjoy this episode as much as I felt the oxytocin high chatting to Halia. Leah, welcome to the Well Woman podcast again. I should say definitely again. Yes, I think this is the third time potentially Probably. that I've been on your beautiful podcast. Probably. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I lose track because you teach in cyclical school. I'm like, I feel like I see you all the time. Yeah, feels like more than that. But I think yeah. the podcast, this is the third, I'm quite sure. Yeah. Mm. And we are talking all about pregnancy and we both yeah. happen to be pregnant whilst we're recording. <laughs> So, so I normally open with like, what day of your cycle are you on? It's also a full moon today. Oh my gosh, it is a full moon today. Let's talk about what season in your pregnancy are you feeling you're in right now and how are you moving through this season? Yes. So I have been reflecting on the seasons in pregnancy and it's definitely been the peak of the pregnancy through the the second trimester, particularly coming to the end of the second trimester. I've now just moved into the third trimester and it has been 
busy. I actually, I'm not using the word busy anymore. I'm using the word full. It's been full. That feels nicer. Busy feels a bit chaotic and a bit stressful. I'm now using the word full. It has been full, particularly being my second pregnancy. And I have a six-year-old and daily activities and in and out of the house. And it just is very different the second time around. But I am starting to slowly wane and come back in, having that foresight of seeing the birth inevitably happening in seven, eight, nine weeks, maybe six weeks, something like that in the future. And I guess I would have given birth by the time this podcast is released. So I feel like I am just in that initiation from mother and going into the the Marga Enchantress phase of, of the pregnancy, just starting, just that insight kind of feels like you've just ovulated and the hormones are starting to dip and you're just starting that initiation inwards. Yes, in, <laughs> in a view of yourself. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm starting to feel more dreamy and psychic and more connected to the birth and the, and the baby. And yeah, finishing up all the projects and starting to think about preparing. Mm, it's such a, a nice topic. space. Ooh, I can't wait to get there. It's a nice space. Yes, but it's still just the initiation. I've still got things. The next couple of weeks are still busy with things to finalize to be able to fully enter that space. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this pregnancy has gone so quick. I just can't believe it. It's <laughs> weird. So I feel like yeah. I've been admiring your growth of fullness on Instagram (laughs) and it's really beautiful to see but it does really go quite quickly doesn't it yes yeah it does it definitely does I just popped out quicker this time and then got yeah really busy through the middle of the pregnancy and looking forward to that really slowing down and then I'm gonna have a a new little baby dependent baby on me (laughs) Which is very exciting, very dependent. Very yes. Well, <laughs> let's. We are going to talk all about pregnancy. Yes. Let's just let everybody know who you are, though. Like, oh yeah, I love and and admire you so much. But let's just have you share. What is it that you do outside of motherhood? Who mm, are you it's... outside of motherhood? And how? Because you are a great service giver to mm. you know the, the the female feminine collective. So what is it that you provide? What is it that you share and educate on? And then let's delve into pregnancy topics. Yes. Well, definitely my number one label and and role in this lifetime is being a mother. And that's definitely going to be amplified, being a mother of two. And I have always danced with this these these roles of of trying to balance motherhood and being in service. I'm so lit up by being trying my best to be a beautiful mother and give my daughter the best life I can. But then it also really lights me up being in service to women and doing womb work and helping women come back into themselves and realize that they have this innate healing ability inside them and they have all the wisdom of their ancestors inside them. And it feels really important for me through the remembrance that I've had to share that we've gone so many generations of handing our power over to the patriarchy and the masculine and the systems. And that definitely very much comes into birth, (laughs) pregnancy and birth and the menstrual cycle, as we know. 
but I share through Ayurveda, through the lens of Ayurveda, which is Indian medicine and uh, shamanic midwifery and I don't know, lots of different labels, but I guess it's just, yeah, it's it's innate feminine wisdom that I feel every woman already has inside of them, but it's just a process of of supporting them to remember that. Mm. Mm. And this is why I am so honored to talk to you about this around pregnancy whilst we're both yes. pregnant. When I was like, you know what, I'm going to do a pregnancy episode whilst I'm pregnant. I was like, fuck, I need to ask Kalia yeah. before she has the baby really pronto. Let's get her to record soon. So I'm so thrilled. I'm so glad you did. Because I actually, I had, I wanted to have a pregnancy series in my own podcast, but it just hasn't happened. (laughs) The fullness, right? You're feeling your full. So full. Yeah. And I really envisage discussing with you the things you do that have been supportive and honoring of yourself based on all of your own womb wisdom you mentioned mm. shamanic womb free we've both done the same course there we mm. both love ayurveda have deep mm-hmm. passion for that. and so like i also want to know what you're doing like teach me sister but there's going to be so many women out there who are really interested in these what the world would commonly call an alternate way to care for mm-hmm. pregnancy but ultimately mm-hmm. this is the way so yes. what do you do <laughs> like, talking about it, oh like, gosh how do we, like, uh, do where do we start here? I want to talk about the, like, I know you're only like in the beginning phases of your third trimester. So do yes. you want to talk about it in terms of trimesters? I feel like my first pregnancy with my daughter, which was, yeah, it would have been six years ago now, seven years ago, she's six. There was a lot, I was very masculine in, in my approach in a way. Everything was, it was very Ayurvedic based. It was very structured. We detox for six months. We nourish for six months. We had to conceive on this date under this moon at this time. <laughs> like it was, whew, it's quite Virgo controlling. <laughs> and everything was beautiful. There was definitely lessons of, of losing that control and completely surrendering. And I feel like I got to that process to have the birth that I had, the beautiful birth that I had with my daughter. I got to a, a place of deep surrender. I feel like if I kept being so controlling, then potentially my lesson would have been to end up in hospital and really be forced to lose that control. But luckily, I feel like I actually dropped all that the night before I went into labor. And then this pregnancy, I feel just this really deep trust. My life isn't as clean, clear and simple in a way. It's a lot busier and fuller. There we go, fuller, not busier. but there is just this this deep sense of trust of knowing who I am. Obviously, I'm older. I'm six years older and been doing the work and the initiation into the initiation from maiden to mother has already happened. And so I was preparing my body for pregnancy. I knew it was coming. My partner and I had actually separated for two years and we got back together and it happened straight away. But I knew it was happening, so I was preparing my body and and it happened. Yeah, it was just less fears, just this deep knowing. I feel I can connect with my baby. I can feel my body. I know what I need. I have not outsourced any of my power to anyone this pregnancy at all. They call it a wild pregnancy or a sovereign pregnancy, if you want to give it a label. 
but it's not that I'm condoning those labels either. If I have a fear come up about something, of course I'm going to go get a scan. Of course I'm going to go to a doctor and get my bloods done. But I just have not had anything come up at all. Where with my first pregnancy with my daughter, there was quite a few things that came up. I feel like for me, my messages come through if I hear things a few times in a row, then or from a few people, that is a sign for me to investigate that. And one example for my daughter was I kept hearing of women that had given birth and the babies had this specific heart defect that's super rare, but I heard it three times. I was like, okay, I'm going to go get a scan and get checked for this. And then obviously everything was fine. But yeah, I just haven't had any of that this pregnancy. It's just, yeah, I feel really solid in myself and just this deep sense of trust and this deep connection to this this baby and this soul. But it is so different to my first time. It's mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just so different. And I'm sure every woman says that every pregnancy, every birth and every child is so different. I've had a deep connection with this soul for a long time as well. I've had, yeah, connection with this spirit baby for probably five, six, maybe even before my daughter, to be honest. And yeah, I I knew it was coming. I didn't know how or when, but then when I knew it, it happened really quickly. And yeah. I don't know what else to share. Then that's I guess pre- so that's into- preconception. That's like the yes. lead into the conception time. Yes. So and then also through the whole pregnancy as well. But first trimester, I've been, I mentioned to Gemma earlier that I have been incorporating first trimester preparation in my conscious conception programs that I do with clients. I do support couples to to detox and then to nourish and to really sol- call the soul in preconception. Uh, I usually work with them for like five, six months, which is such an honor. And yeah, part of that now is preparing for the first trimester because you change. As soon as that egg and sperm meet and implantation happens, you start that initiation into mother or the initiation into mother of multiples and you change. Your hormones are changing. Your body is changing your taste for food, your love, things that you love doing, your energy levels, like so much changes. And I feel like we need to have more practices and support for women in their first trimester. But it's a tricky thing because most people don't tell most people that they're pregnant in that time because, you know, there is a chance of pregnancy loss or it is a really inward time. But there's so many postnatal doulas. I'd love to see some first trimester doulas, women coming over, massaging the woman that's in her first trimester and cooking for her. So yeah, I I don't have really extreme first trimesters, but it's still different. There's still aversions to food, still don't like my own cooking. Really, I was really exhausted actually this first trimester. I had afternoon naps pretty much most days, which was beautiful. I love sleeping in the day (laughs) and I love giving myself permission to rest amongst the fullness. But yeah, just that's, I guess, a little message for women out there that haven't experienced pregnancy yet. But first trimester, prepare to be able to rest, to give yourself permission to rest. And the more you resist that, the worse the symptoms become, really, that the, the exhaustion yeah. creates the, the sickness and the sicknesses, the queasies are from not nourishing yourself and eating regularly enough. So have that support ready for the first trimester. <laughs> Amen. It's also, I've found the first trimester, now that I'm in my second trimester, 
has been a lot about you just have to surrender. And I've yes. found like saying to, my, to, to be my partner that like, babe, how do people do this with toddlers and working full time? Like yes, the fatigue is just next level fatigue. And I feel that you know, only now in the last few weeks have I really started to get a better grasp on like, all right, I need to have snacks in my basket when I leave the house. I need to make sure I'm getting nice, good food in the morning as soon as I start the day. Yes. I've practiced yoga like four or five times in the last four months as opposed to practicing yes. five, six times a week, which is huge <laughs> for me. Like yes. I've practiced like that for 12 years and it's mm-hmm. such like that's a, that's the surrender, you know, what you mentioned about like yeah. letting things go and it really is a total honoring. Are there any little tips or things that you found super helpful for you during your first trimester? Rest, sleep, <laughs> rest, sleep, um, ginger tea. Yeah, eating regularly. Yeah, the first trimester. It is. It's just an initiate. It's an initiation process. And then once I started, you get to 13, 14 weeks is usually when you start to get a taste of feeling normal again. But then at that point, I had this really overwhelming realization feeling like, wow, this soul's dropping in soon. So I wanted to mention my, my philosophy and the yogic philosophy Jeez. is that that there's at conception, it's not that that soul, there's can be conception contracts where that soul at conception is the one that's already been predestined. But another philosophy is there's actually a few souls lingering around and they don't actually come in until... It's 120 days after conception. So that ends up being around 17, 18. Yeah, something like that. 17, 18 weeks, maybe 19 weeks. <clears throat> and so obviously that can from be From conception, diff- people. From not, conception. Not from your last yes. period. <laughs> yes, we will discuss that without the system's way of determining due dates. Let's go down that later. But I definitely felt that I... I there was definitely this soul that had the contract at conception, but there was another one that was a potential of coming in. And that 13, 14 weeks, I felt that, oh, wow, now that I'm out of the first trimester, I've dealt with the physical physical changes that have happened in that period. I need to really do the work. I need to be meditating, doing yoga, breathing, journaling, connecting with this soul. I felt this really overwhelming, I need to get my shit together because this soul's coming in. And raising my frequency, my vibration, being as clean as possible, cleaning my thoughts, cleaning my actions. And so, yeah, which was, yeah, kind of like this kick up the bum. All right, it's action time now. So, yeah, I was really back to being dedicated to my spiritual practices again, getting up before sunrise, doing my fire ceremonies, all the beautiful things that nourish me and help me be clear and connected. And then, yeah, and I definitely felt the soul come in. It's quite interesting. You know, that 19-week period is when women really pop out. They start to feel pregnant all of a sudden. That's when you can go get a scan and find out if you're having a boy or a girl, get a scan and see how things are going. It's just like this, then that 19-ish week period is this anchoring of like, okay, I'm really pregnant now and that's, yeah, that's the philosophy is that's when the actual soul comes in and that initiates that real feeling. You can start to feel more movements. So, yeah, I definitely felt that period, this pregnancy and my first as well. And then from that, once the souls come in, my belief is every thought, 
action experience that the mother's going through, through pregnancy, the baby's going through, and that is ultimately what is creating our child, its level of consciousness, its emotional reactions and behaviors. Yeah, that's the, and there's research coming out about that now. There's a documentary coming out. I'll have to find, I can't remember the name of it now. I'll find it and send it to you, Gem, so you can maybe put it in the show notes. Cool. But yeah, there's a documentary just about to be released that's touring around Europe around that, the research of how when a woman is pregnant, that is creating the child. They've gone in and researched, obviously, like mental disorders, bipolar and all that and, and seen, yeah, how trauma is formed in the womb. But obviously we get all our strengths and power. We, I guess we kind of focus on the trauma a bit too much in this uh, this realm. But yeah, that's where our strengths and our power come from. And when a woman is pregnant, so when I was pregnant with my daughter, I think it's around the four-month period, if it's a girl, they have all their eggs. So yeah. Our grandmothers, great-grandmothers, grandmothers, grandmothers, when they were pregnant with our mother, our egg was inside. So you see how strengths and powers and also the trauma gets passed down, particularly the maternal line from woman to woman, from mother to daughter. And then again, it's amplified because we're in our mother's wombs for nine months. So whatever experience they go through that is conditioning us, and that's a huge thing to become aware of when you are doing the shadow work and wanting to heal ourselves, is to, yeah, assess what our grandparents were going through at the time that they were pregnant with their mother, and then what our mother was going through. I know for my grandmother, she had another daughter that had a potentially terminal cancer diagnosis as a two-year-old while she was pregnant with my mother. So my mother had this deep fear of losing children. Yes. And then I kind of rebelled against that, but (laughs) I've been able to step into my trust. Of course, it's there. It's innate in us. But yeah, just just a good thing to to assess. And I feel like, I, I don't know, I guess I've spoken to a lot of women about this philosophy as well. And a lot of women do, I guess, not rebel, but don't like this philosophy or feeling the responsibility of determining that, yeah, rejecting that philosophy of that. But for me, it feels like, wow, like I have this responsibility. It feels like the greatest responsibility of, of this lifetime or any lifetime that while we're pregnant, we're determining the, yeah, the, the consciousness and the state of our child. That is what, what a greater honor that than, you know, and, and of course we're not perfect, but that soul has chosen us for a reason, but it also then gives us more determination and reasons to to meditate and to do yoga and journal and do all the beautiful things that light us up. And I've had the honor of being in some beautiful ceremonies and circles and kirtans and just those moments of magic, having those moments yeah. of magic through my pregnancy, through the fullness. <laughs> And those moments of stillness, I feel like I can really drop in and get still really quick amongst the chaos. So again, that's, that's just so different to my first. Mm, what a magical explanation. And yeah, it makes me think of a bit of a funny story, but in a moment of weakness in my first trimester, Brenton was, my partner was trying to like acknowledge how it feels to be pregnant. 
And in that moment of weakness, I said, it's like a leech is inside me and it's sucking everything I have. He's like, our child is a leech. I was like, no, I don't think. I'd say there's a, like, it's a running joke now. Uh, Baby's nickname, leechy. That's what my God. Um, but it's it's very similar to that in the sponge likeness of our yes. thoughts and our yes. intentions. And I've said to him so many times, I'm like, how I feel after you talk to me is also how my baby or our baby yes. kind of feel that exactly. you And I said, this yes. is a this is huge. This isn't, you know, and this might be a bit too much for people, but if you're listening to this series, you're here to hear this. <laughs> That's right. Trust. Um, but it really is more dimensional than what we've been led to believe over the yes. last hundred years, you know, of the changing birthing world. And I think something that is, I know you could have some great insight on around like womb healing and the wisdom of the womb is how does one prepare the womb to become the creatrix and the house for a baby that's going to be birthed through the magical mm. portal of the cervix and, you know, through the through the vaginal canal. And how does one really work to prepare the womb? I know I, there's ways I, like I've worked mm. doing it, but, mm. but what are your insights on this and have you done this? And what mm. would you recommend like to clients for your, you know, mm. you're working with? Such a great question. And that's it. That, that comes into preparing the grounds before the seed is sowed. And it isn't just before physical, the, it before is... Before the football happens, the game, the match happens on the field. Really? That's it. it. It is energetic and it comes into what we mentioned about the the maternal line and that connection to our grandmother ancestors and what they experienced because there is a connection from grandmother's womb to the mother's womb to our womb. So energetic clearing, obviously looking after your womb physically, yoni stinging, castor oil packs, just really nourishing your womb space physically is important. Yoni steaming I really love as a practice because, of course, it's affecting the yoni of the womb uh, physically and putting all that warm, beautiful steam up there and the beautiful healing qualities of the herbs but it's also an energetic clearing as well. It's a ceremony that you can do for yourself. And the more integrity and intention that you have during that ceremony energetically is obviously you're going to get that back. So it is helping to support, to clear out past partners, any stale, stagnant energy, and really imagining that falling away as you're doing the yoni steam is such a beautiful thing that you can do at home. I do recommend women to do it at least once a month or twice a month if they can. The week after their bleed helps to clear out any stagnation or anything that's left over from the bleed. And the week before the bleed, that is helping to um, soften and release before the release happens of the blood. And yeah, for menstrual conditions, it is just, it's an amazing practice. I just love that as probably the number one. You can find a womb healer to work with, which can support you energetically to do some clearing. And shamanic drum journey i've got some meditations on my website actually i've got a shamanic drum journey into your yoni which helps energetically you're going into that space and helping to clear that out and if there is really deep mother wounds <laughs> you can actually do that drum journey and into energetically into your own mother's yoni which sounds really funny but 
obviously if there's mother wounds there and you've got that resistance to going into that place, which is that that is the place that your creation started and your conditioning started as well. So that's like the source of healing really. So, yeah, that's a big one that I've worked clients with. Yeah, super powerful. If you've got resistance to that, I would be questioning it. <laughs> really cool. Yes. Like really cool that you can do that. So fascinating. I, like, I've done many journeys like that and I find mm-hmm. them so mm-hmm. profound. And, you know, once you've done that work with clearing and cleansing your womb in preparation, you can also mm-hmm. do that journey to welcome your womb into the birth altar. Yes. You know, guide your baby into what it is to journey through the birth altar and the space yes. to be welcomed into the world. And so, drum journeys, if you've never done one, like it might seem a little bit woohoo, but also, as Jane would say, well, maybe it doesn't feel woohoo and you feel really drawn to that for some bizarre reason. You've got no idea why. Like, that is the remembering. Yes. Yes. That's how our ancestors were in ceremony and how they journeyed. So when you're listening to the drum beat at a specific beat, it helps us to access different states of consciousness and it's amazing the information that you can gain from that. You can meet your future baby, like you said, and that's where I've met this soul before initially many, many years ago and that's, yeah, those those meditations uh, initially when I started on this journey, it was quite hard for me to get to that state and the drum was my way of accessing that state of consciousness where, yeah, we're, we're so multidimensional. The information that's available to us in those astral realms is, yeah, is phenomenal. So, yeah, journey, drum journey into your womb. That's a great way to start or, yeah, continue your womb healing. And physically, one big thing is, yeah, just having that physical connection with our womb space. It's just modern women, we're just so disconnected. We're so up here, all the energies in in the higher chakras in the head. It's it's yeah, this busy chaotic energy, and most menstrual conditions are just this complete disconnect from our womb space. A lack of a lack of physical circulation, a lack of energetic connection, and that could just be because of an avoidance of our feminine energy, avoidance from our our power center, our womb space. Or it could be from trauma as well, just disassociated. So we've just got to start that gentle connection, reconnecting with our womb space, nourishing ourselves, mothering ourselves. That's Mm. a big thing, bringing in that mother energy, starting to mother yourself even before you're a mother because you mothering yourself is energetically showing the universe that you can mother another, creating that time and space to actually do the self-care practices. And again, that's even amplified more once you do become a mother because if you don't mother yourself in some way when you become a mother and you become a martyr that's just self-sacrificing, you burn yourself out. That's not sustainable and the resentment rises. Sorry. So simple practices like yoni steaming, continuing to yoni steam postpartum and then when your cycle returns, just having that that ceremony for yourself, nourishing yourself, massaging yourself, spending time meditating, doing whatever you can do to light yourself up and connect with yourself it is amplified when you become a mother. It's harder to find the space and the time, but you have to because it's if that cup that you need to fill your own cup up so you can unconditionally love and give because if you're not, if your cup's not full and you're not unconditionally giving, then resentment builds up <laughs> and you'll be shown that the, the week before your bleed comes. 
where we have a deep connection before our bleed comes, that crazy PMS week, like we're always speaking about this week of a cycle, that's when the resentment shows up. That'll show you if you're not looking after yourself and mothering yourself. The death and the decay definitely arises. It does. (laughs) Pre-winter phase. Just speaking about all of this, I'm just like, I have have the most beautiful Yoni stool and I have so much FOMO (laughs) that I don't get to use it. I'm missing it. I really miss bleeding. Yes. Yes. That's the other thing I'd like to touch on, actually. Yeah. 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 Finding the cycle, even though we're not having a cycle, because, yeah, when we're pregnant or breastfeeding, it's kind of like the hormones are just, we're used to this beautiful ebb and flow of releasing with our blood and then like a man. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's kind of how men feel. (laughs) Just plateauing (laughs) all month long. But if we can connect with the moon cycles, we can feel that ebb and flow again. And that's been really important for me, this pregnancy. And I realized that probably halfway through my first when I was like, what's wrong with me? I feel so stagnant and bleh. And I realized it was because I wasn't menstruating and and having that ebb and flow. I didn't feel as feminine as I was, you know, this beautiful fullness of pregnancy. I just didn't feel feminine because there wasn't that flow of hormones. So with the new moon, the dark moon, it's a really inward time, great time to be releasing and reflecting and resting as much as possible. And the full moon, which it is now, there's more of this full energy, creative energy, expressive energy, and it's a time to give thanks and, yeah, and connect with others. It's generally we don't sleep as well during the full moon, but we have more creative energy. So it's perfect to be on this call today with you to record this podcast. You don't sleep well when you're pregnant anyway, let alone when there's a fine moon and you've got to piss like How six times that? in the evening. How is that? What is that? <laughs> yeah, I actually had through my first trimester, there was two weeks where I just had really bad insomnia. And then when I did go to sleep, I was having horrible dreams and I had anxiety oh. through the day. It was hectic. I just <laughs> like, what is this? I was like, am I a fucking witch at at night? Is my mind turning into the goblet? My bestie actually said to me this morning, she's got a a 17-month-old, and she's like, that all sleep, like all that sleep deprivation in pregnancy is preparing you for the real deprivation of a newborn and then having a baby. And I was like, I hear that too, but it's not really what I want to hear. No. Um, Yeah. That's it's a real thing, and we've got um, yep. Dr. Leah Saunders coming on the show to talk about sleep throughout these phases and how awesome. we can support ourselves. Because I think it, there's so many little pockets of pregnancy that aren't really that well expressed and discussed, yes. and that's definitely yes. one of them. So thanks prepared for, for. Yeah, yeah. I remember having a moment through those couple of weeks, just thinking, "Oh shit, is this it? Like, am I not going to sleep again for the next four years?" <laughs> But it was only a phase and it's come in little pockets and it, I feel like I'm kind of back to my, obviously there's the uncomfortability and having to switch sides all through the night. So there's definitely a lack of depth with the sleep, but it's still not so bad. My sleep hasn't yeah. been too bad. And yeah, when you, once you have the baby and you're breastfeeding, you just have the hormones to deal with it really. it's But yeah, still preconception, that's another thing. Give great thanks for the deep sleeps of uninterrupted sleep uninterrupted sleep and waking up in the morning and then say goodbye to that. <laughs> I'm just like, can't we just sit in women's circle all pregnancy long so we can find oxytocin hide so our body can produce its own oxytocin mm. breastfeeding? That would just 
yeah, I've definitely noticed that sitting in some circles that I've been in through pregnancy. Mm. I'm like, why do I feel like I'm like this sexy, sassy person today? And I've just got all this extra, you know, juiciness that I yeah. haven't tapped into for months. And I'm like, oh, that's not me. That's the vibration of the group. Yes. I'm just bringing in more of that. that with my leech to take home for a little bit. I'll bottle that up. A little leechy there. Oh, but let's... <laughs> more let's, of that. Yeah, more, more of that. Women circles. More women's circles. That's the magic of this pregnancy and the moments that I've felt just, yeah, the oxytocin and the connection, the connection to this baby has been in circle on retreat or in circle. So I've got more of that coming this weekend. I've got my mother blessing this weekend, actually. So, yeah, I'm very excited. That's where the juiciness oh. is. I wish sure. for every experience that we could do the whole a whole episode of Mother Blessing. I've got a video. Yeah. I, I I told many of the sisters I sat in circle with with Jane and the shamanic um, midwifery mm-hmm. course. There was like what fifty two of us, like a lot of us, and I told wow. enough of them. Well, they saw that I was pregnant. I announced that mm-hmm. when I was with the moon in my cycle check in in the circle mm-hmm. of like seventy mm-hmm. people. And I was like, I have this vision of us doing a camp out and us just yes. reliving a camp out experience over like two or three days and just having a whole day of mother blessing and mm. you know, different rituals. And it not always a hundred percent being focused on mm-hmm. me, but also just the mm-hmm. caring of the sisterhood, which then does care for the mother to be. Yes. And exactly. Anyway, so who knows whether that could happen in a far out world that we live in. But yeah. I've had, you know. I've got the similar vision. Next year, I'm so keen to run retreats for mother and baby and just have that beautiful, nourishing time and be in circle. Maybe yes. I'll come because I'll have a baby. No, I was just going to say there's Big Mama's Camp Out, which is really awesome, but you'll yep. probably be out for this one this year. But um, yeah, it's just, it's beautiful to be around other mothers that are breastfeeding and having these similar conversations and nourishing each other and having circle time and singing and dancing and communal living it's just yeah we need to call more of that in mm, that is love communal living all yes. right let's talk about the the closing chapter of pregnancy and then <gasps> leading to the birth altar and i know yes. that's where you're journeying to You've yes before with your daughter and in there let's talk about the system of due dates yeah. A question I find very abruptive. That's where we were coming back to. That's right. I was had in my mind that we're coming back to something and that's it. Thank you. I, I typed a note because oh, I've got you're pregnancy amazing. brain. You also do have pregnancy brain. I do. So something I've always felt quite intrusive <clears throat> is due dates, even before pregnancy. Mm-hmm. I found that quite intrusive for a number of years now. Also, the fact that just because your belly is sticking out and looks like it has a baby and it doesn't mean that you can touch it. Yes. Yeah. Just like just because there's a baby there doesn't mean you can touch the baby. (laughs) And like the society that we live in is very like in your face like that. And so a common question I get and I think every pregnant woman gets is or pregnant a couple because, you know, my partner gets the same questions. Oh, when are you due? Mm -hmm. And so arriving to the birth altar and the altar of transformation into mother mm. again on motherhood, it's there is no defined time. It's kind of like the recipe says the cake will bake for 45 minutes. Sometimes it's a 52-minute <laughs> bake and sometimes it's burnt after 38 minutes. Like there's just, you know what I mean? Like there's no definitive yeah. time. And so how do you move through 
the like the the pressures of others in preparing for the birth altar that you desire and in mm. work, you know in welcoming in your own mm. yeah and again that. i feel so different this time the first time i was very protective and very inward and was in a new area i didn't have family around i didn't have so many friends and didn't tell anyone my due date i was very secretive didn't even tell a lot of my friends that i was pregnant until like 19 20 weeks um <clears throat> But this time I've actually, I've been telling people the date, which has really surprised myself. But I feel really solid in myself that like it's totally normal to go two or three weeks over. It's not even a thing now. I just feel like I've got so many friends that have actually free birth, which is or sovereign birth without a midwife there at all. The woman's just feeling that real connection, empowerment in herself and most of them actually do go 41, 42, 43, even 43 and a half weeks over. And it just feels like a totally normal thing now. It's it's not even a thing. It's the system that's putting pressure on women around that I, I was, I, even though I hired a private midwife for my first, I had fear of going over 40 weeks. It wasn't if the, that the baby was going to be bigger or like any like that something was going to happen over that time. It was just the pressure. I don't want to feel pressure. Like you have to give birth now. You're, you're overdue. And I've also seen through my work, we started discussing this before we hit record. Women can conceive in all different times of a cycle. It's not just the 14 days. So the due date is calculated that every woman has a 28-day cycle and she ov- ovulated and conceived on day 14. And that is uh, it is absolute bullshit. Why are we why are we still following this method? I guess there's a lot of women that can't remember when their last bleed was or, you know, they don't have such a connection with their cycle. They have so, so I much guess sex all the time. They're like, it could have yeah. happened in any of these twelve days. That's right. <laughs> so I guess, you know, we have to kind of generalize it, but there needs to be more leniency in the system. It is so unfair that they're forcing women to go get scans every day if they go over forty weeks or inducing them at forty weeks. Like the Oh, the stats around birth and intervention, it is absolutely disgusting in this country and other countries because once you're induced, that raises your chances of having other interventions like epidurals, theotomies, and then um, C-sections. The chances of that goes up by like crazy, like 50 60%, something like that. You can look into the stats and the induction comes from they just want to have more control over when the baby's coming or, or particularly in the private hospital, it's even worse. Their cesarean rates are up like 70% because they pretty much 90% of w- women through the private system get induced because the obstetricians don't want to be delivering babies all night long on a Saturday or Sunday night or the week of Christmas. <laughs> so it's just there's still so much masculine patriarchal control in the birth system. And so forget how we got onto that tangent. Oh, my gosh. Two dates. (laughs) Thank you. You know, babies come when the babies are ready. That's right. And you could have conceived, you could have conceived on day 20 of your cycle, day 25. There's also a thing called lunar fertility where you can ovulate a second time each month. And that could have been during your bleed or the day before you bled. So if you conceive the day before your bleed, that's 14 days after the system would have seen that you ovulated on day 14, but you actually ovulated on day 
27 or 28. So that would push your birth two weeks later. Then are you really giving birth at the 40th week or the 42nd week or the 38th week? It's like, who knows? Yes, exactly. So they're just that, that's a huge thing that that pressure needs to be taken off. It's a lot more relaxed over in Europe. Parts of Europe, they see 42 weeks as the full term. And yeah, it would be so nice to have that pressure taken off women because even through the home birth, system it's still yeah (laughs) there's still policies and procedures around that a lot of private midwives are a bit more relaxed but it's still you still feel the pressure so I had a lot of fear around that with my first pregnancy but this time since I don't have a care provider in the system I guess I feel more relaxed around telling my due date and I guess I do like knowing due dates. I am one of those people that asks I want to know what style plan you're gonna have (laughs) Is it on the cut? That well, yeah, what, but what if it's on the cut? Yeah. That's right. You don't actually know though because then you can go to, like if I go over, I'm going to end up with a completely different, I think it's only a week over, I'll end up with a different star sign than what is I'm. Is it over or is it on time? Yeah, that's right. Like exactly. That's, that's, that's what we don't the, know. the conditioning of the wording that we use. Yes, and like exactly. I catch myself saying it sometimes too. And yeah. I really love Jane's approach, for those who don't know, one of both of our teachers, Jane Hardwick Collings, beautiful friend of ours. You, know, you should know her if you don't. <laughs> look her up. Don't worry. She's coming to join us in this series. I'm used. We love her. And our sage essence. And mm. she, she talks about it in the moons. You know, mm-hmm. so, oh, I'm in my third moon or am I, mm-hmm. I, you know, we have 10 moons of pregnancy because she's got a great book called 10 Moon. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really fascinating. I've really noticed this in my own pregnancy experience that, you know, I just say, oh, I'm in my fourth month. And they're like, but mm. what? Like, where are you? And I just say, I just let people know what month I'm in. I don't really say trimester. I yes. just say, people get so confused. And I'm like, also, yeah. it's none of your business. Yes. Yes. Like, yes. What does it matter? Like, what are you going to do with the information yes. when I tell you that I'm in my seventh month? Mm. Like, what yeah. is that going to change for you? You know, I understand it might be different if you've got a parent who's like, I'm taking long service leave, or I understand <laughs> that. Yes. But like, when you're walking down the street or you stop at the market store to buy blueberries and someone says, oh, where did you do? It's like, does it really matter to them? <laughs> Next year, 2024. <laughs> you can even go a bit wider than that. But I loved oh. what you said this season. You do, you, yeah. you do in autumn. That's, again, giving a, a yeah more variety. <laughs> I guess we do, as modern humans, we like to really pinpoint things. We want the we want the pinpoint, the, label, the idea, <laughs> the plan, the structure. Yes. yes. Yeah. And I think for me, one of the reasons why I've really, both B and I have enjoyed informing people that we're having an autumn baby is mm-hmm. because I know, like, I'm going to be pissed off if people, if you're listening to this and you're in my circle, <laughs> I'm going to be pissed off if you're calling me in yes. late summer, in summertime, and you're like, have you had the baby yet? Have you had the baby yeah. yet? I'm like, yeah. I will block you. And yeah. I know when I will unblock you because I will be in the cave of postpartum, you know? So exactly. for me, I just was happy to avoid that situation. And yeah. Talk about the due dates. One, you know, because we've hired a private midwife so that we can birth at home. That's the intention, mm-hmm. the vision of our birth. And one of the stipulations that I asked in the interview, because I interviewed her, mm-hmm. was what are your thoughts on due dates? Mm. And what do you think is too far over and too early? 
And so that mm-hmm. was one of my questions because great question. I wanted to understand from the get-go where she sat with that so that when we get mm-hmm. closer to the altar of birth, if she started asking questions like, hang on a second, you told me that you don't mind if we go to four. Mm-hmm. Or, mm. Yeah. And so it's just yes. things also about trust. And yes, we, like we could rant on this forever, but I've, I told you this before, but I really hired the midwife for Brenton, not for me. <laughs> but um, yeah. I, think it's, I think it's important to know that like do whatever you feel supports you. There's no wrong yes. or right. It's no, you're the exactly. person that needs to bring the baby into the world. He can't Whatever do makes it for you feel me. Safest. She yeah. can't do it for me. No. And as Jane says, the best birth supporter is someone who is knitting in the corner, facing yes. away from you, and is yes. ready to be there when you call for them. Exactly. And I was exactly. like, maybe I need to buy my midwife knitting needles. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> knitting, knitting tutorial DVD and and some. Uh, I have a tool. lot of weaving tools here. <laughs> weaving grass. Maybe I'll teach her to weave. And um. I guess uh, I really like Rachel Reed's initiation into childbirth. I think that's what it's called. It's a red book, great book. I listened I to the audio book. Great. It's fantastic. It yep. And she goes through and describes the physiology of birth, how every breath the mother takes is getting in the exact amount of oxygen that the mother, the baby needs while it's coming through the birth canal, every position that the mother gets in is exactly the right position that the mother need, the baby needs to come through. And if a baby's stuck, the woman will intuitively move the right way for the baby to come out. So now when I w- watch birth videos and I see the midwives like touching the woman or telling to move her leg or telling her to breathe or push in a different way, I get really triggered by that because if the woman actually has this deep, connection with herself and a deep connection, uh, trust in herself and the birth process and the baby, trusting that the baby knows how to do what it needs to do. Um, And if there's a woman in the room that has more of a hierarchical role and feels that responsibility to let the mother know that she should be breathing another way or to move her leg, like that could change the outcome of the birth. And it's also taking the woman's power away in that way. So yes, a mid be, having a midwife in the room that's there in case there's a medical emergency is great. And if she can just be sitting in the corner knitting or just be come when she's needed or called, that would be the ultimate. But it's it's yeah, it can be challenging to find a midwife that's that's willing to do that. They they still, you know, they need to keep themselves covered and be doing the checks. And you know, if they didn't you know, something happen and they weren't checking, then they're they're more liable, but yeah, it's just it's still this is this interesting phase in the birth the birth realm. But yeah, we we innately know how to bring our babies earth side. It's just finding that deep trust within ourselves and the birth process. That's a completely normal, safe and beautiful experience that women get to have. Yeah, and there's something else I was gonna say about that, but I've just lost my train of thought. <laughs> Oh, but it's exciting. It's exciting. I can't wait to give birth again. I'm so excited. It's just, yeah, it's it's such an empowering experience. And yeah, I had a really beautiful first birth and yeah, really beautiful first birth. And it was just like a 12-hour meditation, just moving energy through my body to bring the baby earth side. And yeah, I've I kind of expected that this birth would be 
quicker and easier because that's the general stats. If you have a certain particular birth, then generally it gets quicker and easier the second time. But I've come to realize that's actually not the case. I had a psychic tell me that I'm going to have a really long, difficult labor. And I was grateful that she shared that with me. I don't know, I don't think that that's going to manifest, but it's nice to know that it's a possibility so I can prepare myself for that. And then I've had another experience where it seemed like the birth was going to be through a meditation really quick and and erratic, like, you know, three-hour labels, labors. People are like, oh, you're so lucky to have a three-hour labor. But three-hour labor is actually really intense because the really? body's doing a lot of work in a quick amount of time. <laughs> so to be prepared for anything, it's just every birth, every pregnancy, every birth and every child is just so different. So I am just, yeah, open to whatever it needs to be. And yeah, just becoming, moving into that state of just becoming a clear channel and a clear vessel for however this baby wants to come through. Yeah. And it, and it's exciting. I actually really am looking forward to it. It's yeah, such a beautiful, it's such a beautiful initiation. It's, it is, birth is like a ceremony and it is this like double-edged sword of pain and pleasure and you can actually find the pleasure through the pain. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's exciting. I can't wait for your experience, Jim. <laughs> Thanks, honey. I always think, you know, when I talk about the menstrual cycle, you'll, you'll get this, is that when people hear things for the first time and they have their own remembering experience, I'm always like thinking of Aladdin and the magic carpet and it's a whole new mm. world. And I think every step we take in a new initiation of womanhood or the feminine or the transitions we can move through in our menstrual cycles, just like preconception to conception to pregnancy to the different stages of pregnancy to birth to post-birth, that's a whole new world. Yeah, yeah it experiencing is. it for the first time. And I'm really excited. Thank you. And I, I know a lot of our listeners today are going to be like, God, this is so inspiring. Pairing, listening to different yeah. an outlook and I think that if you're listening to this and you resonate with the way that we talk about birth mm. we discuss the space of this experience is that if you don't have someone in your life you can discuss that with or move towards in that way find the resources mm. reach out for the books Facebook groups books yeah podcasts like if do what makes you feel great. Yes. You're the one that needs to birth the baby. You're the one that's growing the baby. You're the one that has to recover, feed, and nourish the baby. And mm. I think it's really important that that women can take back the ownership of those decisions. Yes. yes. Just like the decisions of the menstruation and decisions yeah. what I decide to do with my blood, whether I drink it, paint my face in it, you know, <laughs> Put it in a burning fire, like whatever it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really beautiful. And I'm just so blessed to have people like you in my life where we just vibe on the same mm. thing. And it's like the alignment is so beautiful. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's, really, it's really important to find your tribe in whatever way. And there, there is there's so many Facebook groups now that you can find other like-minded women because, yeah, not you, you, your family and your friends might not always vibe with you. I know with my first pregnancy, even having a home birth was like outlandish and radical. Um, I ended up then manifesting friends that were on the same page on the way that they parented and fed their children and birthed their babies. And yeah, I guess I, I don't have such a thing with the due date this time because I feel like I'm pretty much on the same page with all my family and friends now, which is amazing. Like it's not so 
outlandish to not have a midwife and not to have that systematic care this time round. And yeah, I just have this 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 deep trust in myself and a real knowing of who I am now that I'm yeah turning thirty five on the weekend and not in my twenties. I just I just feel so different and yeah, I think that's that's the place that we aspire to be as women if we've handed our power away in so many ways for so many lifetimes and yeah through our menstruation and all the conditionings of society of how we should look act eat drink whatever (laughs) feel menstruate birth you know there's so many expectations that are placed on us but once we allow those to fall away and connect deeper with ourselves yeah no one can fuck with us. We do the way things we want. We do the things how we want to do them. <laughs> Amen. Mic, <laughs> mic drop. Let's just drop the microphone. Um, That's such. where, yeah, where we need to be. Feminine power and strength and connected to our own needs and desires because we know we have that. We have that knowing inside of ourselves. It's just, it's just a matter of letting the rest fall away. And continually tested, always, but yeah, trust, the, trust our own. That's the reverence of connection mm. and being able to trust that process, you know? Yes. It's just like, oh, this is scary, but hey, I've got so much strong reverence with myself that like, yes, I trust that. And that yes. you move through with that. And I think oh, we could rant about this forever, but it's a lot of people reflect and project as opposed mm-hmm. to you know, allow the mother or the to-be mother to just have her own experience mm. and to trust mm-hmm. that experience for herself. And, yeah, we could rant about this forever. But how can mm. people find you? How can they connect with you? How can well, they learn more about you and all the things we do? Well, I'll be deep in postpartum when this uh, podcast is launched. So you could jump onto my Instagram. I might possibly be sharing I think I will be sharing my postpartum um, journey I'm also really big on postpartum and have been for a long time it was through my Ayurvedic studies 12 years ago I started a postnatal doula business and now there's postnatal doula businesses everywhere which is amazing because modern women are expected to pretty much give birth and go out and do the groceries and catch up with their friends for coffee a day or two after birth that is not okay. You look at ancient cultures and there is this nourishing period of postpartum. The woman is so open and vulnerable. The baby is open and vulnerable energetically, physically. There needs to be this cocooning period after birth where you can rest and rejuvenate. And one of my teachers share that the first 40 days after birth sets the woman up for the next 40 years. So that's that's physically, mentally, emotionally, energetically. If we're burning the candle at both ends and and trying to reach up to society's expectations, it will come back to bite us. Um, or, yeah, postpartum is just this sacred, sacred time of bonding with the baby and really nourishing and grounding back down. And yeah, everything's open. The pelvis is open. Our energetic, our energetic bodies are open. We're so sensitive. So yeah, not not so many visitors, really simple, easy to digest food, lots of warmth, lots of skin to skin with bubs and yeah, just this, It's the baby's been inside us for nine months, let's not forget that, that it comes out into the world. It needs to have a lack, like not so much stimulation and just lots of warmth and closeness. 
And yeah, so postpartum. I'll be deep in postpartum once this is launched. But yeah, you can reach out on my Instagram. I'm yeah, very quite active on my Instagram. That's like my creative outlet. Make and sure connection. you follow. Make sure you follow. <laughs> you don't already make a follow. And on my website I do have some beautiful meditations like I have mentioned. I've got shamanic drum journeys, subconscious reprogramming meditations. Actually I just dropped that in there that as we're going to sleep at nighttime we're accessing the theta brain waves. And so I have different meditations, their affirmations and certain frequency meditations that you can listen to as you're going to sleep each night. And I've got a really beautiful pregnancy one for your highest alignment and the highest connection to the highest vibrational soul through pregnancy. That's really beautiful. I've got a feminine healing one as well, just overriding all those limiting beliefs that we have as a woman and a woman connected connected to the collective feminine pain body, the, the trauma of the collective feminine pain, collective feminine wounds, we can override those limiting beliefs. So yeah, that's a really beautiful practice to bring in. Easy. Just put a recording on as you're going to sleep at nighttime with your phone on flight mode, getting those EMFs. <laughs> so yeah, that's shaktiholistichealing.com.au. And I'll put all of those links in the show notes, along with the links to listen to your previous podcast episodes so that people Thanks, can get excited about you and the other aspects of your life and your work. But thank you so much for being here. Thanks for I, having me. What a beautiful chat. Such an honor to share. And, and yeah, I've got to the end of my pregnancy and haven't actually honored to be doing this regularly and, and share things on my own podcast. And I've just been so full. So now that I'm winding back and we've made time to do this, it's yeah, obviously all perfect and in divine timing. feel like I've shared everything I wanted to share and encapsulated it all in one podcast. So thank you. <laughs> you are so worth it. And I'm so privileged. And I just want to say, I'm sending you all the love, healing and guiding energy as you enter the birth altar and you welcome your Thank little you. beautiful bub earth side. And as you said, postpartum, like honoring mm. that. And so I wish for you a magnificent orgasmic birth and a restful postpartum. Thank you. Thank you. And so it is. <laughs> so it is. Thank you so much for tuning into every episode of the Well Woman podcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. If this episode excited you, please hit follow on Spotify, which means all of my episodes will pop up in your feed weekly so you never miss a weekly drop. I'd love you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts too. Love this episode? Come and follow me over on Instagram at wellsome underscore Gemily. Say hi and share what you've taken away from this episode with me. Now, is there a bestie, sister, or a friend who you know who might be fed up, frustrated, and confused with their cycles? Are they ready to join you in awakening their cyclical essence too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your socials, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to them. So together, we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our cycles. Now, until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body, and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle.